Praise the Lord. Well, it is good to be here with you guys this morning. Let's just lift our hands one more time and let's just thank Jesus. Amen. Father, we just thank you for your goodness, Lord. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. And Father, we thank you that this morning is a morning of miracles. This morning is a morning of healing. Father, that you're in the now, that miracles are in the now. Father, we don't have to put this off till tomorrow or down the road the next week. But Father, we declare this morning that the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk, cancers disappear, diabetes goes. Father, we just declare this morning right now that the living Christ is demonstrated. Father, that the love of God is manifested. And that people leave transformed and changed, Father, in their physical bodies, in their hearts, in every aspect they need. And Father, we just give you the glory because we know it's because of Jesus. And we look into him, our, the finisher of our, author and finisher of our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You guys believe that this morning? Yes. Well, just shout hallelujah if you do. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's good to be here with you. Um, first of all, before we get into the word, uh, I want my wife Jennifer to stand up and wave at everybody. She loves it when I do this to her. Amen. She's uh, she, Yeah, I married up. I know. You don't have to tell me. But I got the favor of God on my life, so of course I did. Amen. And uh, so anyways, um, my wife is the biggest supporter. She walks by my side, and I'm so thankful that God brought us together. Amen. And so I appreciate her. And then my parents, we, you know, we live in the Tampa area. My parents in Brooksville, so they came up today. So mom mom, mom and dad, if you want to say hello. So I'm thankful that I was raised in a home of faith. Amen. That I came from a heritage of faith, and I thank God for that. Amen. Well, let's get into the word this morning. Turn your Bibles, if you would, to Matthew, Matthew uh, chapter 15, Matthew chapter 15, and we're going to start at verse 21. The title of my message this morning is Healing is Easy, Removing the Struggle. Healing is Easy, Removing the Struggle. Praise the Lord. I've been doing healing meetings now for almost 25 years, focused on ministering to the sick, even when I was pastoring for 10 years. Still, when I would go on the road, that this would be an emphasis that God has put on my life and focus. And when you've been doing it for 25 years, you begin to learn a, a couple of things. And one thing that I noticed in ministering in churches oftentimes was that when I would have prayer lines, I would begin to ask people these questions. There's three questions I would ask people. I would say, do you believe that God can heal? And when you ask people that question, almost everybody's going to say yes to that or they wouldn't be up in the prayer line. The second question that I would ask people is, do you believe God wants to heal you? And I would lose about 50% of the people, even people that were attending churches that taught that God willed to heal. And the third question that I would ask people oftentimes was, do you believe that you have enough faith right now to receive from God? And at that point, I would lose about 90% of the people. And I realized there's a problem with this. Something is wrong when people continually think that they don't have enough faith yet for God to move in their life. In other words, faith became a bigger mountain for them to overcome than the sickness they were dealing with. Anybody felt like that before? And so I began to ask the Lord what this was about, and he began to share some things with me. But what really brought this to fruition for me was a situation that happened in my life where I realized that we've actually overemphasized faith. We've made faith so difficult, and yet it's a simple thing. And, and I was, when I realized this, I was in a place called Avani Gada, Andhra Pradesh, India. Yeah, anybody been there before? <laughs> Didn't figure. Now, it took me 20 hours by, by flight total. 
I think it was around 12 hours by train, eight hours by vehicle, and four hours up the Krishna River to get to this place. The most unreached place I have ever been in my life. Every night I'd preach the gospel, 95% of the people hadn't heard the name of Jesus, more or less the gospel. Nothing. I mean, nothing. I was telling pastor last night at dinner that we literally went uh, door to door asking people three questions. Do you know who Michael, Michael Jordan is? This is in about 2005. Nobody knew who Michael Jordan was. I thought, what's wrong with these people? He's only the greatest basketball player to ever live. The second question I would ask people is, do you know who Michael Jackson is? You wouldn't believe this. Every single one of the people knew who he was. <laughs> Michael Jackson is the most famous person in the world. I'm telling you. And then the third thing I would ask people is, do you know who Jesus Christ was? Now, we did this because we had people who didn't believe us that there was actually people in the world that lived like this. And we recorded it. Do you know that every single house, about 40 people, not a single one of them said they knew who Jesus Christ was except for one person? Of course, we didn't leave them that way. We shared the gospel with them. But the one person who did know who Jesus Christ was said this. Oh, yes, I know who he is. He's got a fruit stand down at the marketplace. (laughs) So wrong Jesus. So here we are in this place, and, and I have no idea. We often, in, in crusades that we do, uh, especially when I was working in India for 10 years because we had, we, we had planted churches from the crusades, we would bring the pastors to the crusades not only to help volunteer and with the follow-up and all that, but uh, we would do a pastor's conference. So for whatever reason, I have no idea why we chose to take them to this place because it was one of the most remote places ever. We had to put up huge tents and bring in our cooks to be able to take care of them for the week, but we brought in close to 1,000 pastors to minister to. And so uh, I was ministering on the area of how to heal the sick and how to win the lost. And I'm teaching these pastors every morning. And uh, uh, actually, this was the first morning. And I just got done. It was supposed to be about three hours, but I'd been about five hours at this point because they don't ever want you to quit. And so I'm ministering and I just get done. I'm walking off the stage that we had put up a tent where we're having this conference at. I walk off the stage And as I'm walking off the stage, uh, the person that I work with in India says, Brian, come quickly. And there was an urgency in his voice. I knew something was wrong. And so we walked over to where the crusade grounds. I will go around the platform, and there's a pastor there, and he's, they had picked him up, and they had a, a, a pickup truck that had a, a, a king cab in it, and they stuck his body in there, and he was dead. So Shiraz, who I'm working with, he says, he goes, he's dead. I see this. And when I say dead, he had released himself. I mean, he was gone. And Suresh looks at me and he goes, I go, what do you want me to do? He goes, raise him up. <laughs> now, I just got done preaching on you can raise the dead. I did not mean this to be an actual real life project lesson here. I wasn't expecting this. Now, I was bold preaching on it, but never had ever seen it. So the amount of faith that I was experienced was zero. Nothing. I didn't believe one thing. I said, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm God's man of faith and power. I got to raise the dead. So I laid my hands on him and I rebuked death and told him he would not die and he would live and come back. And I mean, I prayed every prayer you could think of. Like a good Pentecostal, I shook him a little bit, thought maybe that would get him. <laughs> Nothing. So I do what all Christians do when we don't know what to do. I go into emergency tongues. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Right? There's tongues and there's emergency tongues. There's tongues of faith and there's tongues of... I have no clue what to do. 
That's where I was at. That didn't work either. So I'm sitting there like, Lord, do something. Speak to me. Give me a word. I don't remember. I'm like, nothing's happening here. So I don't know why I said this. Maybe it was the Holy Ghost. Maybe it was desperation. I really don't know. But what happened was, is I asked Sharesh, I said, where's the nearest hospital? He says, well, it's like four hours away. I said, in Jesus' name, take him to the hospital. And before he gets there, he's going to come back in the name of Jesus. I didn't believe it. I'll be honest. But what I was doing was giving God my will to work with something. See, God doesn't need great faith from you. He just needs your will. He didn't say it took the faith of a mountain to remove a mustard seed. He said the mustard seed will remove the mountain. Remember in Mark chapter 9, the demon-possessed boy. What did the father say to Jesus? They, the, the, the disciples couldn't cast it out. and There's a whole other reason. I'm not teaching on that this morning. They couldn't cast it out. But what did, he, what did the father say to Jesus? Jesus said, all things are possible to those who believe. And we quote that all the time. And everybody gets excited. And we shout and holler, hallelujah, run around the church, whatever we do. And, and yet there's people sitting in the chairs in our congregations going, gosh, it just seems awfully hard to believe. Come on, man. Does anyone relate to this? When you've been sick for a long time and the doctor's giving you a diagnosis and you're standing in faith and you're trusting God, it seems like it's going the wrong direction. Man, that can cause some hopelessness and that, that makes the heart real sick, doesn't it? And then someone tells you, you just need to believe. And you're going, my gosh, I'm trying to believe. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And in our, in our attempt to help people, sometimes we don't realize we're hurting them. We've taken faith, which is a spiritual reality, a spiritual principle. When we understand it, it will work. And we've turned it into a tradition of man, into a legalistic work that is destroying people's ability to walk out the things that God's promised to walk out. I love faith. I just want to have the right understanding of it. Am I allowed to go down here or I got to stay right here? Okay, I'll stay here. I don't really want to see you all anyways. Just joking. I can't tell one of my jokes when people aren't ever, you know, making any moves or doing anything. I'm like, I think I've got a vision, a paralysis of the face in here right now. Come up in Jesus' name. I can't see you, so if you have it, I don't know. I need a real vision. So what did, what did the Father say to Jesus? He didn't say, man, I believe. No. He said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Jesus didn't step down right there, sit down with him, open up the scripture and said, that's it. That's not enough. Let me give you 10 lessons on how to have greater faith. Ooh, come on. What Jesus said was, that's all I need. I can work with that. See, I want you to understand God is so good. He's not a legalist. He doesn't need you have anything perfect to work in your life, including faith. He's better than that. Amen. So here I am, and I say this, I don't think anything's going to happen. But yet I knew I would come into agreement with God, give him my will, even if I don't even believe it can happen, and he can work with that. You know what happens when we understand this? He gets all the glory. That's right. Amen. 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 You can't stand up there and go, well, it was my faith. Man, you didn't even get saved on your faith anyways. You can't believe in your natural mind and aversion birth. If you can, they put you in a mental institute. That's right. 
Ephesians tells us clearly that you were saved by grace through faith, and it was a gift of God. The grace was a gift of God. The faith was a gift of God. Colossians tells us, as we received him, so we walk in him. Well, how did I receive him? By his grace and his, his faith. By his faith and his grace. How do, I walk, how do I walk out healing? By his grace and his faith. It never quits being about Jesus. How do I get victory? By his grace, by his grace through his faith. Everything I do in the Christian life, I'm walking out the same way I received him. Jesus! That's what makes us different than all of the religions in the world. Otherwise, we're no different than anybody else, and they don't get results. So why do we want to be like them? I know, I'm different. You'll get used to me by the end of the service. So, he go, they get driving down the road. Now, now, I don't under, this was like 2000, I don't know, five, six, seven, somewhere in there. I know I still had hair, so it was a long time ago. <laughs> yes. I would tell you it looks good, but I can't see you right now. But I know, I know the voice. I know it looks good. <laughs> and not because I'm blind, because, yeah. So... 15, 20 minutes down the road, all of a sudden, they, they, they call us on cell phone. I'm telling you, cell phones in India work better than anywhere else in the world. It's the weirdest thing. I think that's the reason why every time we call for help, we get an Indian voice. <laughs> they got it down there, man. My wife, when that happens, because I spent almost 10 years working in India, when that happens, my wife literally just hands me the phone. She goes, you can understand, not me. It's true. They call, and they're all excited because 10, 15, 20 minutes down the road, all of a sudden, he starts coughing. He starts breathing. He comes back. They said, Brother Brian, he's alive. I said, I knew it all the time. Bless God. <laughs> no, I said, really? <laughs> so the greatest miracle I guess I've seen, and I've seen creative miracles. I've watched some of no pupils and no iris. God completely given brand new eyes or new eyes. I mean, I've seen. But one of the greatest miracles I've ever seen, I felt like I had no faith to see it. So I went, something's missing here. God did something in spite of my own doubt. Wait a minute. How did he do that? I didn't have faith. I'm certain he didn't have faith because he was dead. But I had a will and I gave it to God. God just wants you to give him a chance. Amen. Amen. We're going to get in the word in a minute. He just wants you to give him a chance. Do you know they, they asked me what to do? And I said, well, go ahead and take him to the, the doctors and have him tested out the hospital. He was back on the last night of that crusade. Doctor documentation in hand. He'd had several massive heart attacks. A large percentage of his heart was not working prior to this last one that took him out. The doctors had a documentation in his hand that he had a brand new heart. God not only raised him up, gave him a new heart. For years, when I was doing crusades in India, his, he would come to my, my, my little village hotel, if you want to call it that. The joke was, is the good news is $5 a night. The bad news is why. <laughs> I know Pastor Shannon understands that concept. And he, he would knock on the door with his phone, and his wife would always be on the phone every time I would go. Brother Brian, we love you so much. Not only did God use you to spare my husband's life, but to spare his grief. I've never had the heart to tell her. I didn't even think it was going to work. Can I tell you one more story about this? I, we were in Dallas, Texas in, I think, January this year. Church down there. 
And we had done two services, Sunday morning, Sunday night, good miracles, great healings. And this, this elderly lady came to me, and, and uh, she said uh, she was shaking violently. This is after the service. And she said her husband actually got healed of a serious condition in his back in the service. And she said to me, I just know that God can't heal me of this. And I said, what's that? She goes, I've had Parkinson's for 15 years. And she was violently shaking. And I said, yeah, you're right. I said, that would probably take so much power that the lights would go out in heaven. She looked at me kind of funny. Sometimes you got to shock people. I said, I laughed. I said, you realize how silly that is to think that? I said, I tell you what, I'll pray for you on one condition. I said, don't come up here with the attitude. This is not even, this is after service. Service is over. People are leaving. I said, don't have the attitude that this is too hard for God. But I said, if you'll just agree to allow God to reveal himself to you. Now, remember when the, the, the father said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief? Do you know what fixed his unbelief? God healing his son. Don't forget the goodness of God. He wants to reveal himself to you today. So if you're here with doubt and unbelief, relax. God still wants to reveal himself to you today. Healing is easy. And so I, I, I prayed for her. Nothing happened right away. A week to 10 days later, I get a text message from the pastor of that church. I wish I had it pulled up on my phone to show it to you. It would take me forever to find it now. And it says this, Brian, the lady with Parkinson's that you prayed for, she was at the bank today, and she wrote a check for the first time in 15 years. The Parkinson's is completely gone. She, all she did was agree to let God reveal himself to her. She gave God her will. I said, if you'll give God your will and just allow him to reveal, I said, you can lean on my faith. We can do this. And God did it. Come on, he's good, amen? What he's done for them, he'll do for you, amen? Turn your Bibles if you're not there. Where I tell you to go? Matthew 15. I got a brand new Bible, so it's going to take me a little bit longer to find things here. You know what that's like, right? Matthew 15, verse 21. We're going to start here in a story that used to bug me. Honestly, I couldn't stand this story. I thought Jesus was really mean. Like, why are you saying that, Jesus? Am I in the right place here? Matthew 15. There he is. Okay. Then Jesus went out from there and departed in the region Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. And Jesus was moved with compassion and he healed her daughter. No. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. Gotta love the disciples. They didn't quite get it yet, did they? They didn't understand the whole compassion side, I think, until the day of Pentecost when they got filled with the Holy Ghost. I think that's when they were changed. Prior to that, they were all just trying to sit on the on next to him on the throne, I think. But he answered and said, and, and his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away. For he cries after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Everybody say this. Son of David, David, have mercy on me. me. This is key to understanding what's going on. Jesus says to her, I'm not here for you first. I'm not here for you. I came for Israel. God's plan was to always reach the Gentile world, but he came first for Israel. We know that. That that's the nation that he has worked through. 
his chosen people. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered, said, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Come on, Jesus. You just called this lady a dog? You know the WWJD bracelets back in the day? This is something you would not want to do that Jesus did. Why would Jesus call her a dog? And she said, yes, Lord, yet, Lord, even for the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be unto you as desire. And her daughter was healed from that, healed from that the impossession of the very hour. Yes. I used to read this and be like, Lord, what, what was this about? Well, this lady is a very good representation of a lot of us. When she came to Jesus and she cried out, Son of David, have mercy on me. There's only one group of people who would refer to the Messiah as the Son of David, and it was the, it was the Israelites, the Jews. They used that terminology. So this lady who was not a Jew, she was a Gentile, and she was from a part of a region where a lot of people were mixed, but the Bible actually says she was a Gentile. They actually referred to these people as dogs. So her self-worth, her dignity, her identity was wrapped up in this idea that God did not see her anything other than a dog. And because he saw her as a dog, she had to be, pretend to be someone she was not. She came under the false pretense by trying to convince Jesus she was a Jew by referring to him only a way a Jew would. See, there is no way Jesus would have healed her daughter under that false pretense because if he'd done so, he would have conditioned her heart to continue to believe that she was not worthy of God's love. So he wasn't being mean. He was getting real with her so he could show who she really was in the eyes of God and how valuable God really saw her. That's why Jesus said, hey, nice try. But I came from the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she got real because she said, well, he knows that's not me. And she said, yes, Lord. But even the dogs eat the crumbs from the table. And Jesus said, that's it. Now your faith is not who you think you've got to be. Now your faith is in my goodness and who I am. And he said, that will do it. Because that's the message that will preach to her and her child and her children's children and her children's children for generations. So you've got to understand that a miracle doesn't just preach to the people now. This carries on forever, the goodness of God. One testimony. See how often we do this. Oh, how do we do it? Lord, you know I've been fasting and praying. Mm-hmm. Lord, man, you know, you know that I never miss church. Man, it's good in your church. It's good. Fasting and prayer is a good thing. Lord, you know I, I'm in the word for hours a day. And, and Lord, I give to the poor and I give to missions and I tithe. And Lord, I do. Lord. God says, I can't do anything for you in that pretense. Lord, you know that I've been building my faith. Really, you've been building your faith? Your faith don't work very well. How about rely on my faith? 
See this? Oh, Lord, you know. You know I've not smoked a cigarette in three days. I deserve this. Smoking doesn't keep you from getting healed. And it doesn't keep from being saved. It just might smell like you've been through hell already. If you smoke, that's just a joke. Relax. See the pretense that we come in? We do this all the time. And we're not realizing that we're actually getting further away from the move of God in our life. See, the Christian life is not about attaining anything from God. You got it all. Fullness of God. I mean, when Colossians says that the fullness of the Godhead was in Christ and Christ is in us, how much more of God do you need? It's not about attaining. It's about releasing because you're learning what you got. I like that word, connecting. The most powerful agreement is not between a husband and wife. The most powerful agreement is a renewed mind and the Spirit of God and this Holy Spirit that lives inside you. The book power of God begins to flow. See, we're not calling down heaven to do anything. Heaven lives on the inside of us. Amen. His presence is ever with. Man, I don't know. You get, you get collectively in a group like this. I mean, worship was awesome this morning. I mean, I get in, I get in the presence of God. I just start crying like a kid. I mean, baby, I mean, just love the presence of God. And there is something to, to the fact that Jesus said we're two or three together. He's in the midst of us. There's certainly a truth to that. But aren't you glad that you walk around with the presence of God everywhere you go? Stir it up everywhere you go. Healing's already on the inside of you. Prosperity's on the inside of you. Victory's on the inside of you. Peace is on the inside of you. All that's in there, man. It's a well that is deeper than you can imagine. And you can get anything you want when you just begin to focus back on Jesus and put your eyes on him. It triggers everything on inside of you and begins to flow out of you. When Jesus said the kingdom of God was within, he wasn't joking. He meant it. All of the kingdom of God is within. So all these, these things we do, these disciplines, praying, fasting, in the word, giving, it's not to get God to do something. It's to get connected and to understand what God has already done and living on an identity that's on the victory side of the cross so the things that God knows you already need and he's placed in you begins to manifest and change. And we begin to approach them any other way like we're getting brownie points with God. He's not going to move because he will not tell you that is what gets you something from him. God moved in your life and is moving because he is good, not because of your goodness. Aren't you thankful for that? We don't have a Christianity that's pulling the petals off of the flower. He loves me. He loves me not. He, lo he just loves you and he accepts you because of who you are in and who is in you. Man, that is good news. What about on my bad days? Well, your life's hidden in Christ. I'm not even sure God notices your bad days. I mean, when Paul said our life is wrapped or hidden in Christ, was it a joke or did he mean it? When God sees you, he sees Jesus. 1 Corinthians 13, at the end of that scripture, we know that it says that though we, we used to act, be like a child, but now we, all that stuff, right? There's an interesting part of that. I think it's verse, uh, I can't remember exactly. You can look it up later. But it says this. It says, now we see dimly in the mirror. Everybody say mirror. Yeah. The mirror is the word of God. James says, don't be a 
hearer of the word and not a doer, for a hearer only is like a man who observes his natural face in the mirror and forgets what kind of man he is. The mirror specifically is the word of God, and even really specifically is the New Covenant New Testament. It's a mirror of showing us what God sees in us that we cannot see. Are you with me? So in 1 Corinthians 13, it says, for now we see dimly in a mirror. Why do we see dimly? Because it's a reflection. We don't see the exact same thing because you can't see what's in your born-again spirit. But the word of God is a mirror to show you this. So we see dimly. And that dimly gets better and better the more we're in it. He says, but it says one day when we see face-to-face. Well, what, what's, what are we seeing face to face? The living word. Jesus was the word and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Right. When we see the living word, Jesus, flesh to face to face, it says we will know as we are also known. Yes. What's it saying? When we look at Jesus, we're going to go, oh, that's how God knew me. That perfect, that complete. You know, when we go to God saying, God, I'm sick and there's nothing wrong with that. Going to God. And, and, and but God's like you are. Because he doesn't see that in you. And he needs you to see what he sees in you. Am I helping anyone this morning? Aren't you glad? Man, I'm not working for this thing. I'm resting. It's a big difference working for victory versus working from victory. So everybody say this, take, take the false pretense, the false pretense. Off. off. It's just Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter three, we'll read this real quick, verse five and six. How late do you guys usually go? Be careful. It's 11.09 here, but... It's only 809 in California, so we're good. <laughs> what did I tell you? Go 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We're going to go 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Thank you. Do I want to start there or do I want to start early? We'll just start at verse 1. Do we begin again to commend ourselves or do we need as some others epistles of commendation to you or a letter of condemnation from you? Your epistles written in the hearts known and read by all men. Clearly your epistles of Christ ministered by us written not with ink but by the spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone but on tablets of flesh that is of the heart. And we have such trust through Christ towards God. I love this. You ready? This is, this is my motto in life. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything of being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. So every day we've got a choice in our walk with the Lord. Are we going to be self-sufficient or are we going to be God-sufficient? See, we've oftentimes said that spiritual maturity means we become more aware of ourselves. We promote ideas of being very self-reflecting. 
And I'm not saying that there isn't a, a, a part where self-reflection is not a bad thing as long as it's done from the correct understanding. But that's not how people take it. True Christian maturity has not become more aware of myself and what I do. It's becoming more aware of Christ and what he's done. That's true spiritual maturity. Because as I become more aware of Christ and what he's done, my sufficiency becomes more and more on him. You know, there's a place in God when we begin to rest that he can do more in a day than what we can try to do in 10 years. You remember the story whenever... Jesus had fed the thousands, and he told the disciples to get into the boat and go to the other side. There's more than one account of this, and it happened more than once. I don't remember which gospel it was in, forgive me. But one of the accounts, we know that they began to row and row, and there was a storm. And Jesus went off to pray, and he saw them from where he was praying. Now, I don't know whether they were close enough to see it, or if he saw in the Spirit, it doesn't matter. He just saw them. Jesus comes on the water. This is not the time where Peter says, let me come out to you. Jesus comes on the water. And he gets in the boat. And then this awesome little phrase is in there. It says this, and immediately they were on the other side. Yes. What has that shown us? That when we begin to rely on Jesus, all those years of struggle, he makes up the difference and immediately puts us where we're supposed to be the whole time. He is a restorer of time. Some of you have been sick for a long time. God's going to restore that time to you. Are you with me this morning? Come on, man. That's good news. Let him in your boat. You immediately will get there. Say this with me. You can have doubt and still operate in faith. You can? Yeah. Paul did it all the time. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 through 5. What is going on there? Paul is on his way to see the Corinthians. He had not evangelized that area yet. And if you go back and you, and you look at Paul and the historical uh, setting and, and where he'd come before then is when he had just got done preaching the unknown God. Remember that one? Do you know Paul had a major failure there? They did not. They're like, this is some weird, strange things, dude. Now, I want you to understand something about Paul's life. This is the only place in Scripture when it came to Paul preaching that he had failure. Everywhere he went, miracles took place. People came to Christ, and he planted churches and even eventually a school. So Paul was a success, kingdom success in everything he did. And this one time, he goes to one place, and it's a bunch of philosophers. And he begins to get into a very nice discussion with them. And they don't buy it. It says just a few people believed. So now Paul's next place, the next missionary journey he's taken is to the Corinthians. He goes there, and he obviously has success there. He begins to evangelize. Miracles take place. The churches are planted. Now Paul's going back, and he's writing this letter, and he's reflecting on what was leading up to the first time he came. And in his letter, he says this to, you, to them. He said, when I came to you, I came with much fear and trembling. Why? I've heard people say it was because Paul was in awe of God. No, that's not what it's saying. They're like, he was scared. Why? Because he just had a failure. He wasn't used to that. 
But the very next statement he says is, but I determined. In other words, Paul is reflecting on this. I'm sure he's speaking to the Holy Ghost about it. He's asking God what happened. He's wanting to know what's going on. And I could believe that it's not a far assumption the Spirit of God begin to show him. Because this is his next statement. But I determined to know nothing among you but Jesus Christ and him crucified. Otherwise, what Paul was saying was, is I'm not going to do it the old way that just failed. I'm going to get back to the, is the failure-proof way. I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to go back to what I know works and what's worked over and over again. Not try to meet people at their intellectual level, but I want to meet people where they're at the heart by preaching Jesus Christ and him crucified. So he says this, and, and, and he says, what goes in, so that your faith would not be in men's wisdom. You see this? He's reflecting this because what he just went through. But instead would be in demonstration and power of the Holy Spirit. So what do we know? That he said, all right, I'm getting back and preaching Jesus Christ and him crucified. The gospel, when you preach the gospels, there's a law of miracles. Every time you preach Jesus, miracles got to take place. That's the law of Mark 16. People say, are you ever worried you're not going to have miracles? No, because I preach Jesus. It's not the messenger, it's the message. But I want you to know this. He came in what? Much fear and trembling. Yet God still moved. Fear is not the opposite of faith. Fear is the opposite of love. Because perfect love casts out all fear. When Paul said, okay, put my focus back on Jesus, he went to the casting out of all fear. And God moved. Almost everything that I've ever done for God or God's done through me, that's the way I'd rather put it. I've done it scared. So don't think that your, your feelings... See, fear is an emotion. I know like we like to over-spiritualize it and we give the devil a lot of credit and we say fear is a spirit because the Bible says a spirit of fear. But I really believe what the Bible's saying there is a mindset or attitude of fear. We make the devil way too big. He's a loser. Jesus, Colossians says Jesus made a public spectacle of him. I mean, that word spectacle of him was like the idea that a, a defeated king of a defeated kingdom was being paraded in the streets, handcuffed and mocked. That's literally what that language means. So when Paul wrote that to that generation and that culture, they understood. They were saying that Satan, the king of the, king of the kingdom of darkness, was paraded and chained up among everybody so everybody could laugh and mock at him. So why do we keep making a big deal out of him? Fear is not your problem. Doubt is not your problem. It's not keeping you from anything if you just refocus on Jesus. He just needs your will. That's all he needs. He's so good. If you just give him a chance. I don't care if you've been sick for 35 years. I don't care if you've been laying by the pool of Bethesda for 38 years. He just needs your will. He's that good. Faith is giving God your will. Even if your prayer is like this, Lord, I'm struggling. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief, but I'll give you my will. He goes, all right, I'll work with you. <clears throat> Take the pressure off. Romans chapter 4, verse 25. 
Romans 4.25, I'm, I'm wrapping up here and we're going to minister to you guys. Say this, no false pretense. Man, you can get real with God. He can handle it. Aren't you glad he's not sensitive? God is not sensitive. I don't know, Father. They, I'm not sure they got enough faith. I just don't think I want to do anything for them. How many of y'all parents in here? Do your kids got to believe you're good for you to do good things for them? No. Why do they believe you're good? Because you do good things for them. Where did I tell you guys to go? Romans 4? All right. He, Jesus, verse 25, he, Jesus, was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. Aren't you glad that he died for your sins? But it didn't stop there. He was raised so you'd be justified. Just as you've never sinned. You know, justify is a very powerful word. In the court of law, if you get found not guilty, you've been justified. They can never take you back to court for that same thing again. And Jesus didn't really die for your individual sins, by the way. He died to change your sin nature. To give you a new nature and to seal it by the Holy Ghost and make you perfect and complete. Then nothing could ever change that again. If he just died for our sins, then, you know, we're going to keep sinning. He died for a changed nature. See, Jesus became sin on the cross. He took on your sin nature so that you could take on his righteous nature. Amen. The Bible never said that Jesus nailed your sins to the cross. The Bible says he nailed the handwritten requirements, the law to the cross. Why? So the law can never find you guilty of sin again. Oh, come on. That's good. Amen. That accuser has been removed. The enemy has nothing to work with anymore. You have been justified. Amen? Amen. Not guilty. Once and for all. Past, present, and future. I know people get upset with it. But when Jesus died for you, you weren't even born yet. It was your, your, your future sins. Amen? Jesus was the lamb slain before the foundation of the earth. It was, every, it was for everyone. If it's not for your future sins, then you're really bad because there's no sacrifice. You're messed up. Because there's not a sacrifice that remains. Either it was done or it wasn't. And if it wasn't, there's not a temple to go back to. And God ain't taking the blood of bulls and goats. So it was the shed blood of Jesus once and for all. He's a high priest that is sitting down at rest. Because there's nothing to sacrifice no more. It's a done deal. Aren't you glad about that? Oh, brother, we're just going to go out and sin now. Ain't nobody heard that today and thought that. You thought, wow, I'm free. Jesus didn't deliver you from the law for you to go to bondage to sin and have the corruption of that begin to work, deal with your physical and emotional life. No, he delivered you from sin so he could stand you up, tell you who you are, get you to believe it so you could walk heaven on earth right now. Amen. And if you're a knucklehead that just wants to go sin anyways, then I'll tell you, you need to get a better revelation of grace. It'll change you. You still don't got it yet, but you will. Pastor Shannon, keep preaching. You get it. I trust him. Verse, chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith. I love that connective word. Therefore, 
Because I'm justified, here's what comes to me. Are you ready? Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Everybody say peace. peace. There ain't no religion in the world to give anybody peace. Everybody's, every religion is meant striving to win God's approval. Christianity said, man, you are approved. Just have some peace now. Stop working and resting. We have peace with God through Lord Jesus Christ. I told you it's a new Bible. It sticks. Through whom we have access by faith through this grace in which we stand. Everybody say stand. stand. For years we preach. When you've done all, stand. Stand in faith. Huh, yeah, okay. Stand in grace. Because grace activates faith. You don't, you, don't, you don't give people great faith by teaching them on faith. They get great faith by preaching on Jesus. And it's his faith. I got to get you to look at Jesus. The, finisher, the author and finisher of your faith. Look unto him. Say unto. Not at him. Not at him. At him will mess you up, man. You look at him, you're like, oh, I can never be that. Well, no doubt. You look at him and you start, you start counting him as a standard that you got to compare to. Good luck. That's most Christianity, by the way. Most Christianity's got everybody looking at Jesus going, you know, yeah, you got you to gotta look like this. You got to do this. And you walk away going, oh, my Lord. That lasts like literally not even, before you even get home from church, you've already argued with your wife and said something you didn't, didn't believe. Gone. Some of y'all coming to church, you argue with your spouse. One of the best. Now, I thank God. My wife is very sensitive to the Holy Ghost. So if I try to argue, she don't argue back. She don't No, you got to preach. But some of you all might just need to take two separate cars. <laughs> Fix the problem. You look at Jesus, a problem. I can't measure up. I can't do it. I, it's impossible. Christianity within yourself is an impossible life. Looking unto Jesus is different. I look unto Jesus. When I look unto him, what is that? He is my righteousness. He is my faith. He is my peace. He is my justification. He is my victory. And the thing you begin to gaze at is the thing that you begin to take on. Does this help anyone? You hear you gone home. Don't say gone home. That happened one service to me. That was awkward. I don't think they were a grace person. So we stand in this grace. Aren't you glad? Through whom also we have access and faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope. Man, hope has a bad feeling to it in our language today. You know, I thank God for my parents. My parents, you know, hope is really dreaming. It's a confident expectation of good, literally. But when we can dream, we have hope. In my whole life, I dreamed to be in the NBA. Y'all laughing right now. Stop. That's all I cared about. I played basketball from morning to night. Played travel teams, AAU. I mean, I, play, I even played in Europe in June, between my junior and senior year on one of the teams that got sent over there to play against other nations. I mean, got selected. I mean, I played nonstop. And I remember I was in about sixth grade, and it was the first time in my life I realized, you know, there's a lot of people trying to make it to the NBA. Maybe I won't make it. 
And my dad was picking up my friend, Chris Burks, who was on our team and taking us to practice. And I'm in the car and we're waiting for Chris to come out. I said, Dad, I said, do you think I'm going to make it to the NBA? Now, that's a tough question for a parent. Because honestly, they're probably thinking, no. <laughs> but my dad didn't kill my ability to have hope. I'll never forget this answer. He's made a huge impact in my life in many ways. But this is one of those moments I have never forgotten. He says, son, your skills are absolutely great. You're a great ball player. And he said, somebody's got to make it. It might as well be you, so why don't you keep working hard? Woo! What a great answer. Now, he was wrong. I didn't make it. <laughs> but he didn't destroy my ability to have hope, right. to dream. Right. And that has translated to other areas of my life. Right. Most parents would be like, hey, don't get your hopes up. You better have something else to rely on. My dad said, somebody got to make it. Keep working hard. What a great answer. So now my son plays basketball, and he's loving it. He asked me the same question. He has, and I gave him the same answer. And he's in children's church. Don't tell him any different, all right? So we're talking about a confident, we have hope. God wants us to dream, to believe the right things, have a confident expectation of good. Are you with me? Yes. Rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. God doesn't cause the tribulations. But we go through them. Sickness and disease are tribulation. God's not in it. You go through it. But here's the thing. God expects you to go through it. Not sit there, camp, become best friends with your doctors, know every medicine you take, you follow me, identify with that thing, live in that thing. If you, you come to me with that stuff and you want to tell me all about your sickness and disease, I love you, but I ain't petting your devil. We're here to get you healed. The man at the pool of Bethesda, Jesus said, do you want to be made well? Jesus was not dumb. He knew the man was sick. Why would you ask a man that's been sitting there for 38 years, do you want to be made well? Because Jesus knew someone there for 38 years had might have begun to identify with that situation and not really even want change anymore. And God, Jesus knew, I got to know what you want for me to do what I want for you. So God's asking you, what do you want? You don't have to beg anything from God. He's waiting for you to tell him what you want. I know, I, I'm different. Forgive me. But we also glory in tribulation. Why? Because we have a hope. We will get through this thing. There is victory. We've got it. We're going to get on the inside, and it'll be a testimony of the goodness of God. What's cancer to God? Nothing. He created every cell in your body. He can change the wrong ones. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character. Everybody say character. When we think of character in the natural way, we think of somebody who is mentally strong, tough, always does the right thing. That's what we think of character. That's not God's view of character. God's view of character is a spiritual character. What is that? It is someone that does not rely on themselves and has a character of trusting God and what he has done. It's not your strength. The Bible clearly says when you are weak, he is strong. That is a person of character. Reliance on him. Now, 
He doesn't keep us there. Character and character hope. Why? Because when your character is in what, who he is, hope begins to spring forth. Yes. Are you following me? Yeah. A character hope. Now, hope does not disappoint. I want you to see something. Paul did not say, now, hope doesn't sometimes disappoint. Hope sometimes will work. No, he says it matter. Hope does not. There's a promise by God through the Holy Spirit written by Paul that hope will not disappoint. It's not going to leave you wanting. It's not going to leave you asking when you begin relying on him. Hope does not disappoint. Why? Because the love of God. Everybody say the love of God. Because when we understand hope and character, God's idea of it, it puts the focus back on God's love for us. Because the love of God has already been shed abroad in our hearts. His love's on the inside of you. you it's already there. And we know Galatians 5, 6 says that faith works by love. Not how well. I know we taught for years. If you're not walking in love, then God can't move. And I respect people who taught that. I love the heritage that even I've gotten there. But let me be clear. The context there is not about you loving people. It's about realizing it's not about works. It's about his love for you. Are you following me? And, and, and literally, it was not about to circumcision and that will go to any other thing we think we have to do to approach God it was about God loves you and that's where faith is activated John chapter 2 verse 1 I'm going to finish here John chapter 2 verse 1 this is the first miracle are you guys you guys good am I helping you here this morning is your morning I don't care if who's laid hands on you I don't care how many times you've been prayed for I'm thankful for all that I don't care how long you've been believing God for. It stops here this morning. We're done. It's over. We're going to bring sickness and disease to the altar and we're leaving it there. It ain't going home with you. I don't even care if you believe or not. I believe. So you got a problem. You're getting healed whether you like it or not. I'm going to read from here. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Everybody say wedding. wedding. This is a social event. This is not life or death. In Bible school, they taught us there was the law first. Anytime something happened first, this was the first miracle of Jesus, that there was a lot of truth from that to base it on. So the very first miracle Jesus did had nothing to do with life and death. It wasn't about sickness and disease. It was about people not being disappointed at a wedding. Don't tell me God doesn't care about what's going on with you. Mary's there, mother of Jesus. Now, both Jesus and the disciples were invited to the wedding, and they ran out of wine. The mother of Jesus said they have no wine. Let me say this. We're reading this because I'm going to tell you what you got to do today. I got, I got one command for you today that I want you to do when I pray for you. We're going to get to it. Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Now, hold on. I want to say something here. This word woman here, when he says this, he's not being disrespectful. It actually, in the Greek language and in that culture, was he was trying to make a difference between, okay, you're my mom, but now when it comes to this area, you're not that person anymore. This is different. In other words, he wasn't going to be relying on his mom. He was relying on the father. He was making a, he was making a boundary, so to speak, of there is a difference in this side of me versus being raised up in your home. He's making a declaration. You say that to your mom today, you probably get slapped upside your head. If you got an old school mom. And if you're Hispanic, you're probably going to get a shoe to the head. 
I am not uh, very woke, am I? Anyways. <laughs> Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. I want this to just make a point here. Side note, this is free. When Jesus said, my hour has not come, do you think he got it wrong or did he know what he was talking about? He knew what he was talking about. There is a place when we release our faith and trust God because of grace, we can even move timetables. You know how we always say, God is never early. Well, keep saying that and he's never early, not head. That's your expectation. But God's always on time. Do you think God in heaven is sitting there going, man, let's let him sweat it out for a little bit. This is fun, Jesus. You see how much they're stressing? Let's see if they can make it. I just don't think that's the character of God. Now, is there times that it is barely on time? Yeah, but it ain't nothing to do with God. Just like Elijah and the widow, when God is moving her life, a lot of times it takes the obedience of somebody else too because God's always trying to meet the needs of two people at the same time. And when one person's not doing what God said to do, it seems like God's holding back from you, but he's just moving to the next person, getting that person until finally someone says, all right, Lord, you got my will, and then it happens. Just because you think God's not moving, he's moving. It's like a clock. There's a lot of things behind that clock you don't know that's ticking and talking and doing. And that's why he tells us to be patient, not because we have to be patient on God. We've got to be patient on God trying to move other people to get their act together. Mary knew she could put a demand on Jesus. And when he says, my hour's not yet come, she said, yeah, I know, but we're going to go ahead and start it now. Man, that's cool. Who knows? Maybe Jesus wouldn't start his earthly ministry until he was 32. I don't know. That's not doctrine. All right, Jesus, her woman, his mother said to the servants, so she ignores him. As mothers oftentimes do. <laughs> Not you, mom. You've never ignored me. <clears throat> his mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Everybody say, do it. Do it. I like to say, just do it. I call this the command of faith. Obedience to the command of faith is the catalyst to the supernatural. Obedience to the command of faith is the catalyst to the supernatural. See, God's faith is already on inside of you because of his grace. So the only part we got to do is be obedient. Paul was obedient even though he went in much fear and trembling. I was obedient even though I didn't think that guy could be raised from the dead. You follow me? That's all he needs. He needs a willing vessel that's willing to move. That's it. I don't know if God can use me. Man, we need to get over ourselves. We have this idea in the church world, like, you know, if somebody falls off a cruise ship and they somehow survive the fall, we're sitting up there looking at them going, man, that's bad. And they're yelling, throw the life preserver. I can't. It's Christians. Why? I still smoke. Huh? I don't care. Throw the life preserver. I can't. Why? I haven't been praying lately. God just needs you to throw the thing. This is silly. Or how about this one? I'm getting off on stuff now. How about this one? Well, God was moving. Religious people always seem like that to me. I grew up in a very religious denomination. You know, people, you know, I have an aunt that was reaching heaven with her hair. 
She's in heaven right now telling Jesus, I ain't still ain't cutting this thing. I don't care. I know I'm right and you're wrong, Jesus. I'm not cutting it. I guarantee that's her. But God was moving in the service. But somebody got up and left and went to the bathroom. And God got offended. And the guy in the wheelchair had to go there sick. He left in the wheelchair. You see how silly this is? Stupid is the right word. Thank you, Pastor Shannon. It's just stupid. Like, seriously, we need to pray for some people to have a brain. Or a brain... St- okay, I'm getting too mean. No, God is good. If, you, if that's your idea of God, man, I feel sorry for you. You must have a life that's very difficult. And God doesn't want that for you. And I guarantee the people around you really think you're difficult. Because when we get in self-righteousness, we become like monkeys. What do monkeys do at the zoo? They pick, I'm getting everything off me. I'm like, okay, now I'm righteous. Okay. All right, come here, Pastor Shannon. Let me pick all your stuff off too. Like, like monkeys, man. We become judgmental. How do I get off on that? Anyways, his mother said, to, like I said, just do it. His mother said to the servants, whatever says, just do it. Now they were sitting there, six water pots of stone. Everybody says six. Say water pots of what? Stone. Six is the number of man. It's man's way of doing things. Stone represents the law. Six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews. Say according to the manner of the purification of the Jews. Contained in 20 or 30 gallons apiece. So this is a lot of water. The Jews would come into a place and according to their systems and their rigmarole and their traditions, they would go to these water pots, they would wash with it, and then they would have to hold their hands up and the water would begin to drip down from them. It was one of the many things that they added to the law that didn't even exist. And the focus was to clean the outside, which the law is according to the law. When people live by the law, they're trying to have flesh modification. I'm trying to get right by doing right. And there's 613 laws, so good luck. And Paul clearly says if you miss at a one-point law, you miss the entire law. See, that's the reason why most people tithing are still broke. Because they're tithing from a law perspective instead of from a grace perspective. Instead of tithing from identity, they're tithing to get God to not curse them. And when we begin to approach God in any area in the law, and we don't, any area, guess what? Now we have to keep all 612 other laws, because if you miss any of them, you failed. See, when we begin to understand even grace when it comes to giving and tithing, that's where blessings at. I don't tithe because I'm getting God not to curse me. I tithe because I'm blessed. And it's a joy to tithe. And when you understand that, you get to the point where 10% is not even enough. Man, I want to give more. Because it's all his anyways. So this was according to them. So they're focused on it. So Jesus, I love Jesus. He does the coolest things, man. He says, I want you to take the, 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 the water pots that's got dirty water in them. That the Jews use with their own customs to purify themselves. And I'm going to turn that water, fill them up. And I'm going to take that thing of stone that represents the law and flesh modification. And I said, I want you to take it to the master of the feast. 
pour some out of there, take to the master of the feast. We won't keep reading. I'll just talk about this point. It says when they took it to the master of the feast and they brought it to him, it says that the master of the feast did not know where the water came from. Thank God. <laughs> I can imagine the servants going, oh, my Lord. Why did this woman tell us to do whatever he says to do? Jesus had no miracles yet. They're probably thinking, we have done lost our everlasting mind. And how do we know that the way faith usually works is the manifestation takes place as you're acting on it? So along the way, probably at the last second, right before they hand this water from the water pots for cleaning the outside, it turns into wine. Well, what's wine represent? It represents one, the Holy Ghost, who in in the redemptive work of Christ comes and lives on the inside of us. It represents the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all unrighteousness, makes us white as snow. We sang it this morning. So God took what was of the law, changed it what was of the new covenant because of the picture of what we were coming into. Here's the point. You got to know that. Because until you understand God's grace, faith does not work. When the master drank of this, he said, man, what is going on here? He goes, everybody puts out the good wine first. And when they well drunk, I know this offends some Christians, and I'm not trying, I'm not activating, I'm not saying one thing or the other, but that word drunk means intoxicated. Right. See, we, we got this idea that, you know, Jesus is, you know, God is angry, Jesus is offended, God is angry, Jesus is mad, and the Holy Ghost is offended all the time. First miracle Jesus did, he said, Look at all these, you know, we said, Look at all these drunk people. I'm not giving them nothing else. They're out of control. What is this den of debauchery? No. He says, Man, he put out the superior, the good stuff second. He probably thinking, Why'd you do that? You should have done it the other way. But here's the key. Jesus needed the servants to be obedient. Yes. God, see, obedience is not, it's not legalism, folks. That's right. Obedience is how we show we're putting our will to agree with God. Yes. I'm going to pray for your sick bodies here in a minute. This is what I need from you. If I pray for you and you go sit down and don't do nothing, you're probably going to leave the way you came. Here's my command of faith. It's very simple. I'm going to pray for you, and I want you to begin to do what you struggle to do or you cannot do now. If you came with tumors and you can go in the bathroom and check and see where that, go check. If you came here and you had a toy rotator cuff and you couldn't move it, begin to move it. If you couldn't move your back, begin to move your back. If you couldn't move joints, begin. If you couldn't open your hands. And some of you, I understand, it's something that you need to go have tested. I get that. I encourage you, don't be scared to have it tested. Go get tested. That's right. You're going to see it's different. That's right. I'm going to tell you one more story in the end of this. What time is it? Okay, one more story. You guys want to hear one more? You me to shut up. Two more. Oh. I like her. I have been healed of seven major things in my life. So healing is very, very passion, passion for me. And I won't go through all of them, but some of those were life and death. And God's healed me. But in my late 20s, 
I began to have symptoms in my body that were not, could not explain. And I won't go to all the details, but it was an autoimmune disease, two autoimmune diseases that, that I had that began to cripple me. And when I say crippled, meaning that I could barely move, I couldn't make fists, I couldn't put my arm up like this, it was almost to a point some days I need a walker. Now, I've been healed of several things, and every time I've been healed, it's been a quick manifestation of my life. But this went on for seven years, and it continued, it got worse, and the inflammation began to take over my body. To the point that when I would sleep at night, I could only sleep for an hour, hour and a half. The inflammation had moved up into my chest that I couldn't breathe. To sneeze would put me in tears. Somebody touched me, it was unbearable. Here I am, passionate at that time, and still doing healing meetings. I could get up in the pulpit. It was the craziest thing. Every symptom would leave. I would preach, and an hour later, it'd come back. I started preaching for like four hours. <laughs> I was needing a break. Do you know how frustrating it is to see people get healed over and over again, for you to walk out healing, and here you are going, what is going on? Man, I did everything I knew to do. And I knew I was standing in his grace. I really was. And I knew my identity. But I was still frustrated. Has anybody understand this ever been there before? And so finally, one morning on a Thursday morning, I get up. It's 4 o'clock in the morning. I can't sleep anyways. I walk into my living room. I sit on the couch. And I said, Lord, I, 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 if, if, I, tell me what to do. If I don't see this being manifested, then just take me home. I can't do this no more. I was at a point that the pain was so severe in my life that I would rather die than live with it anymore. There was no pain medicine that would touch or help, but nothing worked. And God, the Holy Spirit said something so crazy to me. I'm sitting there on the couch. I said, Lord, tell me something. Give me a command of faith. What? Give me something to be obedient in. And he said, go play basketball. I thought, what? I can't put my arms up. I was Thursday morning, about 4.30 in the morning. I go to service Sunday morning. I'm preaching in our church there. I'm pastoring the time. And there was this family had come to start coming to church about a month before. And, and Chris, one of the, the, the husband of this family, said to me before the service, he says, Pastor, uh, it's Thursday morning. The Lord told me to buy you something. No, he just said, hey, Pastor, the Lord told me to get you a gift. After service, can I give it to you? I said, sure. Get done preaching. We walk out to his car. And he says, I know you don't know me that well, and I don't want you to think I'm a flake. But I was driving to work Thursday morning about 6.30 in the morning, and the Lord said to pull over and buy you a basketball at Walmart. He goes, you think I'm nuts? I said, no, I know what this is about. Hands me a basketball. I'm like, oh, my goodness. So I go down to LA Fitness, get a mem membership there. LA Fitness, you know, you got the weights in one area, and you got the basketball court in the other, and they're wide, I mean, just big from floor to ceiling windows so everybody can see in when you're playing basketball. Here I'm an adult man that played basketball all the way through college. And I'm in there throwing up granny shots because I can't do nothing. Man, I feel like a fool. You know, one of the things, I'm sure Noah felt like a fool too. And so I did this for several weeks, maybe a month. Nothing changed. Then one morning I woke up and my arms were free. I went, huh, wow. And then my hands became free. My hips became free. It's like every day something, my knees became free. My feet, the swelling of my toes and feet went down. Swelling went down everywhere. Within about six or seven months, I'm playing full court basketball with guys half my age. Go ahead, Why? Because I was obedient to the command of faith. Come on. Yes. Amen. 
When we understand grace, obedience becomes easy. We realize that we can act on faith because it's his faith already in us. Does this help anyone this morning? Amen? Stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord. God is good, amen? He just needs your will. Amen? Hallelujah. Father, let's just, worship team, you guys want to come up here with me, you can. Thank you, Father. Or we can just do music, whatever you guys. What do you normally do, Shannon? Okay, just music, that's fine. Let's just do that. Let's just pray for him. Father, we just thank you for your goodness, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want to share this testimony. I shared it before service with some of the, the team. Uh, there's a lady here that um, when Nate Tanner was speaking here about a year and a half ago, my wife and I came up to hear Nate, Nate our friend. And he had everyone to pray for those who were around them if they were sick. And there was a lady here, a young lady here that my wife and I prayed for. And, and uh, she's here today. I just want to show you the power of a miracle. In her ear, she told us that she'd had, it had been clogged up and ringed for a very long time. You'd have to ask her how long, but she just said a long time. And she could, not, she could barely hear out of it. And so my wife and I went over and prayed for her, and her ear came open. The ringing stopped, ear unclogged. I remember she was very happy. We were happy. Probably five, six months later, my wife and I were in Orlando at P.F. Chains with my wife's brother. And her brother loves me. We're very good friends, but he thinks I'm crazy. Not a believer, not open to anything. And he has some reasons for it. He grew up in some very strong Catholic religion, and he was told that when his mother died of cancer when he was young, that it's her half-brother, that it was God that took, him, took her. So he was angry at God and wanted nothing to do with him. And we're sitting there eating, and this, this lady who attends the church, she's in the restaurant, true, and she sees Jennifer and I, and walks up and goes, aren't you the ones who prayed for me? And I, I remember, oh yeah, we did pray for you. And she said, I was just telling my daughter about what happened, how my ear came open, and, and I want to introduce you to her. So she tells the story at the table with my brother-in-law sitting right there. We get in the car, and he's like, I can't deny that. He's a believer in Jesus now because of that. See, even your miracle is more than just about you. That's right. Come on. Yes. This is always about expanding the kingdom. Yes. It's always letting the world know who our king is. It's always about seeing people's lives change. Your testimony matters. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We're going to lay hands on you this morning. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Is there someone here that I just, I feel like praying for this, that you do have a lot of clicking and ringing in your ear. Matter of fact, before the service at Pastor's home this morning when I was praying, I felt like there was like a deformity in the inner ear. Who is that? Is there somebody here like that? Praise the Lord. If that's you, just come on up here. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I just heard those words this morning, and a deformity in the inner ear. It's never functioned the way it's supposed to. Come on up here. Thank you, Father. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Jesus is good. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Jennifer, come on up here with me. Thank you, Lord. Praise your name. Praise your name. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Which year is it? James. 
which, which area are you having a problem in? Yes, sir. Okay, can you hear out of it at all? I, nothing at all. Okay. All right, let's take that off. All right. Father, in Jesus' name, we speak to this ear, and we speak to this deformity. We speak to whatever's going on in it. And, Father, we command this ear to open in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you right now for healing. Come open. Come open in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Begin to plug this ear and begin to hear out of this one. I'll check on you. What's going on with him or you? No. Okay. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the life of God thrown through his body right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you right now. The situation is not of you. It's cursed and it leaves. And we thank you right now. We release blessing in his body in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Can you hear this ear? Plug this one. Plug this ear. Can you hear anything yet? In Jesus' name, we command it to come open right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Keep testing it out. What's going on with you? Okay, so you've had surgery. Yeah, and can you hear out of that ear? Some. Okay. Father, in Jesus' name, we command wholeness, and we command this ear to open. Father, we thank you for creating a miracle right now in his ear in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Begin to test that ear out. Plug this ear and see. Let's plug this one. Can you hear out of it? Can you normally hear that? Not that loud. Not that loud? All right, turn around for me. Repeat after me. Plug this ear. Repeat after me. Jesus. Hallelujah. One, two, three, five. I think you're hearing out of it. What do you think? <laughs> Is that cool? You happy? You, you couldn't hear like that, that before. No, he's coming to you right now. All the way back in. Hallelujah. Keep testing your ear. Thank you, Father. What's going on with you? So a couple of months ago, and it started, mm -hmm. and whenever it's dead quiet, I just hear this awful ringing. Ringing? Okay. All right. Father, in Jesus' name, we command this to be whole in the name of Jesus. Right now, Father, we thank you. You're doing a work in him from the top of his head, soul's feet. Father, we speak to this ear. In Jesus' name, ring, we command you to stop. Ear, you begin to hear clearly in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Okay, we'll get real quiet. I'm going to ask you, can you hear the ringing right now? It's gone. Amen. Completely gone. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's test you out. Don't be just... Wholeness in Jesus' name, right now in the name of Jesus. Ear, you don't have a say in this, in the name of Jesus. Open in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Wow, there's a lot of you right here came with ears. What's going on with you? What's going on with you, sir? We got tinnitus in my ears. Okay. Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus, we command these ears to open. In the name of Jesus, tinnitus, you leave in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. What's going on with you? So there's some deformity there. Can you hear out of that ear then? I can hear. There's, what problem does it cause you? It's very sensitive. So my voice. Okay. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you right now. Hold us in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, ear, hold you close up and be healed. Right now, we think all sensitivity goes in Jesus' name. No more pain in the name of Jesus. What's going on with you? Loss of hearing in both ears. Okay. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for restoration in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. What's going on with you? Okay. 
Father, in Jesus' name, ringing stop, ears open in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Sorry, babe. What's going on with you? For how long? Okay, how many years? Open. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. If you've been prayed for, you can go ahead and sit back down. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. There's a lot of people here. I want to see how the best way to do this. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. All right, you can line up. If I get a word of knowledge to this time, I'll call it up. But if you need a healing, I want you on this side to line up on this side of the wall. And here, and we're just going to bring you guys in this way. Usher. So if you need any physical healing right now, go ahead and just make a line and we'll get to you. Well, after I pray for you, I want you to begin to test yourself out. Okay, you guys? Everybody understand it? Anyone needs a healing? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Is there somebody here just recently got died? I don't even know what it is. I just heard this, and it was recent. Some type of, of nervous disease. I don't even know what that means. Anybody, wave your hand at me. That's you. And this is recently. Someone just, you got diagnosed with this. Come up here. Your hand, you just recently got diagnosed with The Lord's going to heal you right now. Come on up here. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. I don't even need to know what it is. He knows. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you right now. This condition is reversed in Jesus' name. Healing in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. All right, come on up here. You guys can line them up in a row this way, you guys. And we'll just go through it. I'm going to lay hands on you quick, and you begin to test yourself out. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. All right, we'll start down here. I'm not going to ask you what's going on. God knows what's going on. You just begin to act on your faith. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, I thank you for holding us in the name of Jesus. Whoa, whoa. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Hello, Tina. Jesus, behold, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Holdness in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Holdness in Jesus' name. Holdness in Jesus' name, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let's go down here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Holdness in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for holdness in the name of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, wholeness in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Father, I thank you. Holdness in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come stand up here a little bit for me. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, I thank you right now. Holdness in Jesus' name. Oh, Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Act on your faith now. Where do we go? I don't know who's been prayed for, who's not here. We start, we're going to start back here and come back this way. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Wholeness in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Father, I thank you for wholeness in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you right now, Lord. Wholeness in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Wholeness in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Father, thank you for wholeness in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Here you can face me. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Wholeness in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, creative miracle and wholeness in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. And, Father, I thank you every wound, every word, every hurtful thing is removed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you right now. Wholeness in the name of Jesus, Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Father. I thank you right now, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord Jesus, I thank you from the top of her head to the soles of her feet right now. Holy Spirit, working in her, changing in Jesus' name. Changing wholeness in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for wholeness in the name of Jesus, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you right now. Wholeness in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father Lord. Praise the Lord. Lord Jesus, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Where are we going? Right here? Okay, yeah. Father, right now, I thank you for holding us from the top of our heads, soles, our feet. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. Right now, deliverance and wholeness in Jesus' name. Deliverance and wholeness in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. Holdness, Father, in the name of Jesus. Right now, Lord, perfect work in his body. Restoration in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yep, yep. Be healed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. Right now, work, work, work. Spirit of God, thank you. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Holdness, 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 holdness in Jesus' name. Father, right now, wholeness, restoration in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for wholeness in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Right now, wholeness in Jesus' name. Father, thank you. Renew of the youth in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for complete wholeness, Lord. Thank you for what you've done. But, Father, we thank you for completion in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Father, in the name of Jesus. Okay, anyone, you, you guys, you, sir, are you with them? Okay, yeah, I remember you guys. Yeah. All right, thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Wholeness in Jesus' name. Oh, in Jesus' name. My goodness. Sometimes it's crazy right now. Thank you, Father. Wholeness in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Anyone else? Anyone else? We good? All right. Oh, we got some? Okay, sorry. Oh, I didn't see it. Forgive me. Bring, go ahead and bring them all out. Yeah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Man, I'm excited to hear this testimony. Is you guys excited about it? Amen. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you right now in Jesus' name. Wholeness, Father. And Father, I thank you. You're perfecting those things that concerns her. Right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. For your child or for you? For us. For us. Okay. Wholeness in Jesus' name right now. Right now, Father. And Lord, I just thank you for a peace that surpasses all understanding and a rest in you, knowing, Lord, that you've done it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Lord, I thank you. Hold us right now in the name of Jesus. Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, right now, I thank you. Hold us in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Father. Lord, I thank you for holding us in the name of Jesus top of his head, soul's feet. Father, Holy Spirit, right now begin to move in every cell, every part of his body in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Cells be whole in Jesus' name. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you right now. Wholeness in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Wholeness in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Father, I thank you right now. Wholeness. Okay. Father, right now, I want you to stick. I'm going to pray for you, but I want you to stick around. We're going to get a prayer cloth, okay? Father, in Jesus' name, we come in agreement in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Holdness in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, right now, healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Right now, receive it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yes, rest. It's yours in Jesus' name. The devil's a liar. Father, I thank you right now. Wholeness in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I'll lay hands on you. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for wholeness in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, wholeness in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Yeah, in Jesus' name. Oh, sorry. Sorry, man. Father, I thank you right now, Lord, in Jesus' name, from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. 
In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Right now, Father, we thank you for restoration of all things and wholeness, health. Father, Father, in Jesus' name, everything. Restoration in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you right now. Thank you for the plan of God in his life. Thank you for the plan of God in his life. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you right now for the destiny before him. Thank you for the testimony and the anointing on his life. Wholeness in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you right now. Wholeness in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Is that it? We got any more? Praise the Lord. We good, you guys? Anybody not been prayed for who came up to be prayed for? I don't want to miss anyone. Thank you, Father. All right, let's pray over this real quick. Yep. Prayer cloth, yes. What is your grandchild's name? What is it? Leon. Father, lay your hands on this with me. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray for Leon right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you all sickness and disease is driven out of his body, Father. We thank you for wholeness in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for a perfect work in him. In Jesus' name, amen. Go put this on him, okay? Okay. Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus. Wholeness in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Well, you guys, how many of you acted on your faith and tested yourself out? How many of you done that for me? Wave your hand at me. How many of you right now can tell a difference in your body that you've been healed? Wave your hand at me right now. You already know you've been healed. If you have, where's Steve at? I want you to come over here and tell Steve what God has done for you. While we're doing that, come on up here. Tell Steve. Now, as they're coming up, I, if you have been healed, come up and tell Steve what's doing. I want him to know what's going on. While we're doing that, before we're not closing the service yet, but I'm going to be quick. If you, we've got a, 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 a free gift that we want to give you guys. And it is four teachings that I taught in a studio that is aimed at people who are struggling to receive from God. And it's, it's the four things that God showed me when I was walking out that autoimmune disease in my own life, getting healed from it. And so we've got a QR code they put up here. If you guys will just on your phone, if you want that, scan that QR code. It's going to ask for your email, and then it's going to send you a password for you to get into this, okay? And then over the next four days, it's going to send you one of those things every day. And so we really want you guys to get that. If you don't need it, then get it for somebody else who does. Get that QR code. But we want to give this before everybody leaves. We want to give the opportunity to get this as a free gift to you guys from us. We have already received testimonies of people from watching this. At the end of it, I do pray for the sick. And we've already had testimonies. And we just recently started doing this of people getting healed from this. So if you're sick that's dealing with something, you know, today I believe you're healed. But if someone you know is struggling with this especially, then share this with them. Send it to them as well too. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. God's good, isn't he? Wave your hand at me again if you can tell you've been healed. I'm trying to see through these lights. Wave your hand at me. All, I want you right now. You know you've already been healed. All right. That's awesome. Now, I want you to be brave and come tell Steve what's going on. Can you come do that? Don't just stand it there like a cow at a new gate. Amen. Listen, you can step over that gate. It ain't dangerous. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We'll just give you guys for just a minute. You guys can be seated if you want. Praise God. Has this helped anyone today? Yes. Say this with me. Healing, Healing. is easy. We're going to remove the struggle. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. God is so good. We just had a woman contact us through Facebook. I love the fact that people can reach us through Facebook. In 2010, 
I did a crusade in a place called Carboco, Mexico. This woman's sister had brought her to the crusade. Two months prior to the crusade, she was in a car accident, threw out of the car, and it severed her spinal cord. She was paralyzed from the neck down. She'd been in a coma that they didn't think she was going to live, but she lived. She came out of the coma. Came to the crusade. Two days after the crusade was over, prayed for her, mass prayer. I think it was two days. She woke up one morning and had complete movement. She, she recently Facebook messaged us and told us the whole story. She found me on Facebook. That was 13 years ago. And she says, I'm still walking today. And it was impossible. So we're setting up to go see her because we want to do a full interview of what's going on. He is a faithful God. Amen. Amen. All right. We got any testimonies to share up here, Steve? Come on up here. We come. Where do you want the mat? Up, up, up on the stage, right? I think they want you up here. You get to look into these lights like I do. All right. What's, what's going on with you? Um, ever since I've been little, I've had uh, multiple ear surgeries, uh, just pain, ring. Uh, I can't, you know, swim. I have to be careful while I'm in the shower or I'll get infected. When he put his hands on me and started praying, I just heard a loud pop and all the pain went away. I can hear just as normal as I can in my other one. Praise the God. <laughs> Amen. That's good. It's very good. God is, God is amazing. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah, man. Come on. Let's give God a hand clap. Hallelujah. That's awesome. Come on up here, guys. Thank you, Father. Amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, oh, hold on one second. We'll get the microphone. You can look at them. What's going on? I was electrocuted and uh, uh, went through my ears and uh, I was deaf. You were deaf? Yes. In both ears? Yes. Like completely deaf or partially deaf? Completely deaf. Completely deaf. And now you I was electrocuted. Yeah. And you can hear now. Hallelujah. Yeah. How long ago was that? Um, when I was an electrician. Well, how many years ago was that? Do you remember? Um, been a couple of years. A couple of years. Praise God. You can hear now. Hallelujah. Are you happy? Yes. <laughs> God bless you, man. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You can, you can go be seated. Thank you. Um, I have a seizure two years ago. I fell out of bed. My sister helped me out. I would die wanting to see me. Hallelujah. I, I'm sorry, I didn't understand what you were saying. My sister to see me. Yeah. Sensory. Sensory. Yeah. Your sensory. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Father, we thank you for complete restoration in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Complete restoration in Jesus' name. What's going on here? Praise I'm, the Lord. I'm healed. Yeah, amen. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for 10 years, you know my story about having a paralyzed esophagus and some damage in, with my digestive that even included a trip to the emergency room a couple weeks ago, and they couldn't do nothing for me. I have been continually nauseated and pressure, upset stomach, came in here today with the same feelings, and I re received the healing. Praise God. Because I know my father wants me healed. Amen. And this was, and the work 
has been done last year and we had more steps. I knew today was the day. Yes. I received the prayer, got up, went to my seat and heard, take a drink of water. Yeah. And the nausea is gone. Amen. And I just like, Praise I can just God. shout and dance, but Amen. the healing is mine. That's right. Never again Amen. in Jesus' name. No. Go enjoy eating again. I will. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Anyone else would bring it up? Man, this is awesome. Look at this. Look at this. Praise God. This feels like a crusade. <laughs> um, I was in a, a car accident back in November and have been healing from a, a broken back, had three broken vertebrae. I've been in a lot of pain uh, before coming here today. I was laying on the couch thinking, you know, do I really want to go to church? Am I really going to be able to sit in a chair for an hour? And I'm in no pain right now. Praise God. Can you bend over? What, was hurt? what would it hurt to do? Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. All right. She's ready to go to the gym. Praise God. Oh, man, I'm happy, sister. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Never again in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. This morning I have a pain in my hip. And then it's, it's gone now. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> and my ringing is gone also. The ring in your ears is gone too. Yeah. Praise God. Yes, praise the Lord. Uh, amen. God is good. <laughs> amen. Are you happy? I don't think you're happy. I'm sorry. I can tell you're happy. We're happy with you. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. For weeks now, the bottom of my feet hurt so bad I could hardly walk by the end of the day. And it's morning and night, but I walk anyways. And I was diagnosed with um, three herniated discs and scoliosis, and the pain has been unbelievable. It's, I have a little still left in my knee, but I can feel it healing. I can feel it changing, but my feet to be able to walk and not be in pain. Amen. It's amazing. So is the pain in your feet completely gone? It's just a little bit in your knee, you said? It was gone. Yeah. Going when I was walking over. Yeah. 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 And it's just getting better and Amen. better. Amen. Father, we, we thank you. Stretch forth your hands in Jesus' name, Lord. What you're doing, you're also completing. Thank you. Thank you, Father. By the end of this day, not a single ounce of pain again and never come back in Jesus' never. name. Freedom in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Praise God. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm doing great. This is a great day. <laughs> um, I love sharing my age because I don't look it. I'm 66. Praise God. So along with the age, the cranks and things in your body, arthritis and so forth, and I'm always believing that my feet mm -hmm. and my hands get tight. I wake up literally and can't close my hands. Mm -hmm. And then my neck, I've been shaking and trembling mm -hmm. in my neck. I got tested, they ruled out Parkinson's, but I, when I got prayed over everything that I'm believing in my body, because I know my faith, Sure. And my favorite is the centurion soldier. Mm -hmm. Even his faith, by the time he got home, yeah. the servant was healed. So I stood, and I felt the power go through me. Mm -hmm. And I feel and know for a fact that I got healed. Symptoms are gone? Yeah. Praise God. Absolutely. Never again. In yeah. Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. The devil can't take that from you. It's yours. In no, the name of Jesus. He can't. Again. And Tomorrow. I know my power and authority over Amen. him. 
And tomorrow you wake up and your hands are going to be just fine. Yeah. And my neck, no trembling. Or Nothing. Like, and that quit and it was trembling all the time? A little bit. It's off and on. Yeah. And uh, again. doctor tested me kind of just by yeah. my questions or his questions, uh -huh. but he didn't test me. Yeah. And I thought it was like the holy trembling in yeah. the beginning, but I realized it was more serious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you shake and tremble. <laughs> she said the holy trembling. <laughs> Man, she's definitely Pentecostal. <laughs> yeah, because I thought it was that, but then when it was, I'd be working or talking to people yeah. and I'm shaking. I'm like, okay, something, I got to get Praise this Praise God. Done. God's good, amen. Yes, God amen. bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Ah, there is power. In, there's a lot of you getting healed right now in the middle of these testimonies. Keep checking yourself out. We see just as many people get healed during the testimonies and the preaching. Keep testing yourself out. What's going on with you? Um, so about eight years ago after I had a C-section with my son, um, I've just had constant lower back pain. And sometimes it's so severe I can barely bend over. Um, and when you prayed for me and I've you know, laid down and when I got up, when I was walking back to my seat, I realized, oh, it's gone. Because there's always something there. There's always a pain there. And it's the severity sometimes where like I'm keeled over. Um, it's that bad, huh? Yeah. So it comes and goes, the severity, but it's always there. And I don't Gone. feel that anymore. Praise the Lord. Never again in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's not even football season yet anyways. We're all right. So about a year and a half ago, um, I was injured in my hip. And I had a lot of pain where I would limp especially when I walk and I'm a big walker mm -hmm. and I couldn't walk, it would hurt. That bad. Mm -hmm. And so I went to the doctor recently and they x-rayed my hip and they didn't find anything in my hip, but they found arthritis in my spine. Mm -hmm. But it was, I was still having pain down my leg where I couldn't sleep, my feet started swelling. And I was like, I just don't want to go to God, the doctors, I want to go to, the, to God, I want it healed. Yes. And when you prayed for me, I felt just, and I'm still trembling. I just felt all this trembling. Mm -hmm. I can't say the pain is gone, but I do feel my feet, that they're not hurting, that Good. they're not swelling like Good. they were. Yeah. I'll know tonight, but I believe I'll sleep peacefully. It's gone. <laughs> Never again. It's leaving to leave for good. Tonight you're going to sleep peacefully. You're going to wake up tomorrow and feel like a new person. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. I'm declaring that over you. It's yes. true. Thank you. Yeah. Thank and then you're going to call Pastor Shannon and Karen, and you're going to tell them. Okay. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. I love your testimony already. You can share it here. So a yeah. couple months ago, my ears started ringing really badly when I, even when I was hearing stuff, and it's gotten better over time. But... Last night, actually, when I went to bed, it was dead quiet, and I just had an awful headache because all I could hear was ringing in my ear. And I believe it would get so bad that I would start playing music or something, so I wouldn't hear it. But tonight, I'm just going to be dead quiet, and I believe I won't hear it. Yeah, and you don't hear it now? I don't hear it now, no. Never again, in Jesus' name. Praise God. Whatever that condition is, thank you, Father. My goodness, thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. For many of you, you probably know that I went with my wife to, um, to the Philippines for missionary work. 
I have uh, diabetes and I take insulin, Ozempic, and a bunch of other things. So for two months, I didn't take those because where I was going to the boonies of the missionary work, there's no refrigeration. So my sugars, because I have a monitor here 24 hours a day, was in the 400s to 600s. Mm. Normal sugar is supposed to be under 126. And I kept praying to the Lord and I said, hey, when are you going to do this? And then I was listening to this evangelist, because I am an evangelist as well, and grace really hit me. So I said, maybe today's the day that I prayed. So, because I don't believe anything other than my monitor. <laughs> that is the best line I've ever had a testimony. <laughs> There's no 400, it's 142. Praise the Lord. Awesome, man. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Evidence. Amen. Come on, let's shout hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. His pancreas is working now in Jesus' name. The insulin resistance is gone in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I woke up this morning with uh, pain in my shoulder. And um, when I was prayed for in line, I saw the healing in the spirit that God had healed my shoulder. And I just took it and went back to my seat. And I just thought, well, you know, it'll just drop off. I know I'm healed. And the Lord said, no, you believe me that you're healed now. Because when Jesus prayed for people, they were healed now. And so I believed it, but I still felt the pain. And the Lord said, go get up in the line to testify. And so I'm walking up with pain in my shoulder to testify that the pain's gone. Well, when I got in line, half the pain left. Mm -hmm. And I was just thanking the Lord. And he said, Princess, don't worry, it will be. Because, you know, we're all God's royalty. Mm -hmm. And so, sure enough, here I am. And the pain's gone. Okay. <laughs> you, you know what that's called? That's called obedience to the command of faith. Amen. You did Amen. it. You did That's what he told you to do. Amen. Oh, which which oh, shoulder oh. was it? Uh, it was this one. And I have to tell yeah. you, as I was in line, the enemy started attacking the other shoulder. So oh, that, funny. you know, and the Lord said, don't worry. He's just trying to attack you. He wants you to believe that you're just going to be in total pain when you get up. You're going to make a total fool of yourself, you know. But no, it's gone completely on both sides. Move your shoulders for me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Never again in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Is that it? Okay, that's it. Well, there's some of you who wave your hand, didn't come up here, but I just want you to do me a favor. Make sure you know, let Pastor Shannon and Karen know what God has done for you. Amen. Can you let them know that? Praise the Lord. Every, every, close, every eye closed, every head bowed. We're going to do this real quick. I'm going to make this simple. I don't know all of you. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, you've not received him as Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do so. It's very simple. The Bible tells us clearly that Jesus was born of a virgin. Why? Because he was born without a sin nature. Our nature's passed down from our Father. Jesus' nature came from the Heavenly Father, which made him the perfect sacrifice. Because the blood of bulls and goats and animals could never take away man's sin. But the pure, innocent blood of Jesus, who was sinless, could take away your sin. So Jesus willingly went to the cross and he died there. The Bible says, I quoted earlier, that he was delivered for your sins. He delivered for your sin nature. He took on your nature at the cross. And when he was on the cross, he uttered these words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So that you could say, my father, my father, you'll never leave me. After he died, he raised from the dead three days later. The Bible clearly says that we're justified because of his resurrection. There's nothing that you can do 
to work your way into a right relationship with God, to work your way into heaven. It's simply trusting and calling on Jesus with your own voice that you receive this gift of eternal life. Believe in the gospel, the simple gospel that I just shared with you right now. If you've never done that on the count of three, I don't want anyone looking around. I'm not going to even call you up here this morning. I'm going to pray for you right where you're at. But if you've never believed on Jesus as your Lord and Savior, receiving this gift of salvation, receiving this gift of eternal life, receiving the gift of being in right standing with God, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Is there anyone here like that? Wave it at me right now. Wave your hand. Praise the I don't know everyone here, but I'm going to make this simple. Whether you raise your hand or not, we're going to pray as a congregation together. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I can't pray for you to receive this, but I'll lead you in a simple confession that you can release your trust in God with, with everyone else here. And if you made that decision today for the first time, it's so important that you tell someone. And really, I want you to tell pastors. But all of us together, will you repeat this with me? Oh, God, repeat this loud enough you can hear yourself. Oh, God, I believe that Jesus died for me, that he shed his blood so that my sin would be forgiven, that he raised from the dead so that I could be justified. Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I put trust in you to receive your gift of righteousness. I declare this morning that I am a child of God and that as I serve you, victory will begin to take place in my life. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that this morning, please tell someone you did.